0: Just two years after a spinal cord injury, David Kiley made the U.S. national team in basketball. At his first Paralympic Games in 1976, he would win gold medals in all five of his events, including one in basketball, but also four in track. In all, he would represent the U.S. in six Paralympics in three sports, the other being alpine skiing, where he also won gold. During his career, DK became the only player to play wheelchair basketball in four different decades. He also went on to coach in three additional Paralympic games as a part of the wheelchair basketball team and has served as an NWBA commissioner and president. So, DK, first, I have to just um, start off by saying congratulations uh, on being inducted into the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, buddy, I am so beside myself every day. I just wake up smiling and shaking my head. Uh, in you know, I know I got the credentials, but I'm still in disbelief. The The power of the class is staggering. It's staggering and blows my mind.
0: Well indeed you do have the credentials and uh but you're right it's still uh, a a wonderful honor you know bestowed upon anybody and and I I see other members of your the, the names of of the folks that have been inducted into the class with you so you're right up there with some greats and 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 you are you fall into that category as well so again uh, congratulations I thought I thought we would just start by uh I know that basketball was always in your blood I think you even say somewhere that it wasn't you were it was well, why are you even in the womb basketball was uh, was was a part of your life so um, you know talk about you know just early on and when you were even growing up how uh, basketball was uh, just kind of important part of your life
1: yeah uh, you, you know from from as far back as I can remember uh, sports, had a big part in my interest and uh you know i I uh gravitated to any sport that I was exposed to but when I was i I don't know first first grade something like that my father built a hoop over the garage uh and from there that's where it all started you know and then then i couldn't be caught without a basketball in my hands and dribbling all the way to any park or school or rec center that i could to play pickup or solitary alone shooting and dreaming Mm
0: -hmm. you know
1: uh i dreamt of being, you know, I knew so much about UCLA and the Lakers, and I wanted that as a very young boy. So anyway, uh, that's where it started, Sean.
0: Yeah, so just like many kids that have a, a hoop outside their garage you're out there playing until, the, until you can't see anymore and <laughs> and maybe even later than that, right?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Until, you know, you, you know, the fourth or fifth call from your mom, like, all right, that's enough. And she turned off the porch light, you know, and that because that was our that was our lighting. And, uh, you know, and anyways, yeah, that's uh, that's just such great memories of how it began. And, and I had a bunch of brothers that and neighbors that we all just collectively threw down on one sport or the other, but especially driveway basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And,
0: and what do you think it was about basketball specifically?
1: I don't know. You know, it, 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 uh, it, you know, because I was attracted you, you know, to to the Dodgers back then with, you know, Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale, Maury Wills. Uh, but I was really attracted to Elgin Baylor, Jerry West, you, you know, uh, and there was just some, I don't know that I've ever been asked that question to be honest though. So. <laughs> And so it's a good one, uh, but it, it's what resonated the most. It attracted me the most. And even though across to my career, I played many sports and tried to excel at them, uh, you know, I'm known for basketball. I am and if I were to say, you know, without doubt. Basketball is my first love, my greatest love, and what I owe my my success and career and my marriage, you know, uh, met my wife at a final four. So, you know, it it's the reason, uh, you know, like I said, for so much success, open my career. Uh, uh and allow me all the blessings i could ever imagine
0: yeah i, I you know it's, it's just sometimes there's something about you know the uh, the feel of the ball or the the sound of the 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 swoosh in the net you know or just uh something along those lines that just it makes it a really unique sport and you mentioned jerry west just as a little side note I, i'm a native of west virginia and of course uh jerry west was a was a west virginia native and played for, for <laughs> west virginia university so <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah uh you know all-time favorite you know um and so i get it you know and you're very familiar yourself uh because I mean he's the logo for goodness sakes you know
0: yeah. <laughs> and and one thing I, I learned about you um, you know was that you you almost had a you, I think you call it a near disability you, you were you were when you were in fourth grade, I believe you were struck by a car right
1: yeah, yeah. Um, and that has everything to do with what I think, No, not what I think. What I totally believe was God's plan because uh, in the fourth grade, I really did some damage to my knees that it it was a pickup truck I was racing my brothers to school on some new 10 speeds I crossed to try to gain advantage and got struck and uh, my the bones in my knees were shattered and it was from then on uh through high school multiple surgeries multiple cortisone injections arthritis by the eighth grade and uh i was told uh sean that basketball is the worst thing i could do you know and parents and doctors trying to move me into more passive like golf and so forth and I tried, I tried cause I was being coerced, but it just didn't fit. And uh, I knew I was gonna do anything in my power to continue to play, you know, I couldn't be denied. Uh, and that's where I really feel ball was part of my DNA. No, you know, it's how I was made, so.
0: At least you were keeping it open to mind, right? With the other sports, but you, you knew you knew what kept calling you back. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And and that's where I derived the most pleasure and and uh um y- y- you know, I went to you know, I, out of eighth grade, I, I went to uh modern day high school in Santa Ana, which uh is a nationally ranked uh, sports program, particularly basketball and football, every year, and uh, so I was I was in a right environment for ball at at that point, and uh, uh, so I'm grateful for that experience. Uh, and I got hurt right out of high school uh, with a spinal cord injury. And when I go back to God's plan, I really believe it's because he He introduced the wheelchair, which now I call a blessing because my knees were so broken and in such bad shape. Uh, even though I faked it really good through high school, you know, uh, I I played well, but, you know, when you're getting cortisone injections into the sides of your knees that early, um, the writing's on the wall that your knees aren't going to carry you towards any dream, you know? And uh, so when spinal cord injury happened, certainly it was tragic, but the blessing of it was that wheelchair became my wings to do what I was born to do. And that was to play, compete. And aspire to be the best.
0: Yeah, and and let's walk through that accident a little bit. You were out, I think, at Big Bear Lake, right? Which is a beautiful area.
1: Yeah. And you were yep.
0: inter- tubing and, and what happened?
1: Well, you know, it's not a it's not a proud moment, but it's a youthful uh mm-hmm. hard lesson, uh, in that you know, myself and a very close uh friend, also a basketball player. Uh, we took uh, two. Uh, I don't want to just limit them as cheerleaders, but we took Katie and Margie with us uh, for a day in the snow. Uh, it should have been just a fun day. We we weren't skiers uh, or anything like that. So we had planned to enter two, uh, but we drank. We drank on the way there. And, and you know, this was the early 70s. Uh, you, you know, and that's what everybody did. And then we hit elevation at Big Bear. So mm-hmm. what was you know, everything was magnified once we got to elevation and uh you know, by the time I made the decision to go higher on the on the hill and there were no parks uh, designated areas, you you picked an area where there was a clearing in trees and other people were also intertubing. And uh, I was in a blackout, you know, because I was a very inexperienced um uh, didn't know what i was doing drinker and uh so i uh first run uh out of control the inner tube spinning as i'm told because i don't remember any of it right and then at the bottom i uh i struck a tree and you know uh with a concussion a chip vertebrae in my neck and a spinal cord injury at the waist uh and the whole time i i went into shock i had no idea what was going on and um ended up in san bernardino county general um kind of upside down on a circular bed uh not knowing what the heck was going on Uh, But also just thinking it was another opportunity for me to overcome like i did with that first accident you know with my knees and uh never believed anything about permanent um but it was shortly thereafter when i hit a rehab center that was full of wheelchairs and spinal cord injury and i went whoa maybe this is more serious than I ever imagined. And, uh, yeah, so.
0: Well, and what, you know, obviously in, in your youthfulness, did, did you think that, you know, oh, I'm going to overcome this, this Is a no problem or, or what was that uh, kind of feeling and thinking like? Oh yeah. I'll,
1: automatically. Uh, my first thought was, you know, this is just another thing I'll overcome it, you know, uh, even though, uh, you know they talk paralysis they and you know you, you i didn't have sensation below my waist uh for a good while and um you, you know uh so i wasn't believing anything they were throwing at me you know i think you know and most you know kids of you're not already thinking about having your own kids, but I started a long time ago and I, and I I thought as a young man or or high schooler about being a grandfather and all that stuff. Uh and I was told, you know, which was more devastating than not walking that uh I most likely wouldn't be able to have children and You know, then I started to jump in foxhole and make deals with God saying, look, man, uh, all right, you know, take my legs, but don't don't take my ability to have kids because I'll gladly trade my legs for the ability to have children. And uh, you make all kinds of foxhole prayers when when you get into those kinds of places. And. Um, uh, it didn't take long though, for me to realize that, look, man, as my legs atrophied that, uh, there was no miracle pending to change what was going on with me. And, um, uh, you know, then I was introduced, my eyes wide open to a wheelchair ball from a future hall of famer who was my recreation therapist, uh, Name of Ed Owen, who's no longer with us, but had tremendous impact on that direction and exposed me and lit the fire. I was like, whoa, I could really be as good as this guy or, you know, he spoke of USA, this and that. I go, wow, I could represent my country and travel. And so everything about it, uh, you know, wasn't all rainbows and sunshine trust me because there's a lot more to spinal cord injury than just paralysis right uh actually a lot more difficult than even not walking uh in terms of what it does to your head but you know the fire was lit and the rest is history you know is legend uh so so so
0: what was nice is and is during rehabilitation, you were you you realized you could continue to play sport, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh as long as I'd allow my ego to accept it, you know, the initial uh you know, introduction was look, man, I already had preconceived notion about a person with a disability, and it wasn't a good one. Mm-hmm. You know, it was one of pity and uh i was like man i play real ball you know so get out of here i don't really want to talk about wheelchair anything and uh, uh but i saw him play one day with he didn't know i was watching him he was in the courtyard they had a hoop at <laughs> rancho los amigos hospital in Downey, california and, and i was looking through this window and I got my mind blown by him doing 360 helicopter lefts, rights, you, you know, uh one make after another behind the back dribbles. I was like, what am I witnessing here? You know, and and that made it all right. Even though I wouldn't let my ego out there, you know, I couldn't get a weekend pass. So when nobody was around, I found a ball. I went out to the courtyard by myself in a body jacket, which you can't lean forward. I spent the whole time chasing the ball, trying to figure out how to pick it up. You know, (laughs) Uh, it was pretty frustrating, but, you know, that guy kept encouraging me and, and, Took me to my first game and I was still in a body jacket and uh, against the L.A. stars in the inner city of L.A., totally intimidated by their speed and athleticism. And uh, I made a basket. You know, I had a wide open little mid range shot and that, uh, you know, I didn't even play that much. But I made that shot, and that was enough encouragement to uh, again stoke the fire that had already been lit.
0: Well, DK, you said two things there that really struck me. One is uh, you know, our podcast is called Redefining Disability and it's because of you know i mean there's so many preconceived notions right of of like at, that you had at one point in time you know before you before your injury about people in a wheelchair or or people with a disability so that's what exactly what we're trying to do is is redefine that because it's as you know you're a perfect example of 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 uh, demonstrating that you know that you could do anything and everything and and the other thing that you said that that struck me that i think you know we're we're always in, in, interacting with you know, either youth or, or people maybe new to a disability as well, that you're not great. You weren't great right out of the bat. Right. You know, you you had to figure out, you know, like how to even pick up the ball and you were chasing the ball more than anything. And, and I think that hopefully if there are listeners out out there that, you know, don't, don't give up just because you get frustrated. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, You know, it's like the struggles in the beauty, but sometimes you have to struggle to, find the beauty, you know, and and uh, this this mentor, he didn't let up on me. You know, we play these little one on one games. And again, I was still in the dang body jacket, which I stayed on post discharge. But he every time I would expose the ball on my lap without protecting it, he'd knock it off my lap. And <laughs> I'd look at him like, are you gonna go get it? Or he goes, no, you're nope. gonna go get it, <laughs> you know? And I would be so mad, you know? And he knocked it off my lap so many times that if there was anything I was good at, I could anticipate a, a, a opponent going to reach. And take that ball, move it away, and then put him a half push behind, you know, and so a lot of a lot of foundational groundwork was done through those through that struggle. Yeah, you know yeah.
0: so let's talk let's talk about your basketball career. I mean, Ed, for those that may not know, like just um walk me through some of your some of your thoughts up on it, and obviously some of the i mean, you won uh how many medals and how many tournaments I mean like let's let's just walk through that basketball career a little bit you know
1: it's so gosh it's so extensive uh and you know really it, it's it, again it started in high school because I was hoping for a scholarship uh I had a father who was alcoholic and he was a good man with a bad disease. And so I didn't get the, the mentoring, the coaching. I didn't, I didn't know how to navigate, you know, moving from high school to college, but yet I was getting letters of interest from San Jose state, from Gonzaga and, uh, and I, I I decided to go to Orange Coast College, uh Community College in Costa Mesa, and uh just figure that out. Then I got hurt. Uh so once I I moved into like like I said, when I found out about where I could take this, uh training by myself along the beach courts of southern california it was a safe haven you know i would just i would go i would shoot i would uh you know for the longest time it was all solo uh, until i started to hit uh and uh, or team up with other uh players for pickup wheelchair ball now and going to long beach va uh my mentor was taking me to different places like that and uh yeah so y- you look at a career that in 2 years i was on the national team and uh i i went to th- my first competitions were in three different countries uh in 1975 and i got hurt in 1973 and uh so you know, I, m- I progressed pretty quickly. And uh, so, Sean, I played on the national team in the 70s, the 80s, you know, this and the mm-hmm. 90s. Yeah. And touched my toe on 2000 uh, in Sydney four decades. And I, and, you know, for the most of that, I was captains and and definitely i was a point guard my entire life uh to today and uh and with it came um all kinds of success you know all ki- kinds of uh, domination uh, internationally in uh paralympic games in world championships and national championships uh, you know you know, and I'll, uh, also some heartbreak and and some mm-hmm. sad times. You, you know, uh, I uh, um, I uh, I lost the gold medal. You know, it was and I lost it, and it was taken away in '92 for my entire team by a sheer bad unknowing decision you know, you know i had like phantom pain i don't know if you know this story already but i had phantom pain in my leg we didn't play for two days in the final and i uh my coach knew i was in tremendous pain he had himself a darviset uh for gout and he gave it to me he checked the list there wasn't a heightened awareness of drug testing and all that in 92 um uh, but and it was listed under its pharmaceutical name uh which is dextro now if you can figure that out by looking at a manual like you know, you're thinking you're looking for Darvon or Darvaset, which is a high grade aspirin, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was two days before we played, but it showed up as a trace and uh, the um, doping side of things. And, you know, yes, we were at fault. And yes, there was a substance, but no intent, no, no intent to cheat, no intent to even enhance my performance. It was momentarily a a kind act by my coach to try to get me out of pain. And uh, nonetheless, they, they, they took it all the way. Uh, And I really believe it was had a lot to do with being American. I had had a lot to do with that we never lost. And they caught the biggest fish in the pond uh, and they were gonna prosecute it. And after months of, or years of uh, appeal and going to the, you know, the USOC uh, court of arbitration in Cyprus, Greece, um they still upheld it, even though there were examples in in the Olympics of athletes who tested for a trace amount of a particular drug, and they chose not to uh prosecute it, you know. Uh, but in my case, here we are, it's a regret. Uh, We're long past it, all those teammates, uh, I'm as close as ever with, but at the time it was a really dark place, Mm -hmm. a really, really dark place. And uh, so with all those highs, all those awards, those accomplishments, those wins, golds, championships, uh, there's some tremendous heartache in that moment.
0: Yeah. And, and, uh, DK, I want to, I want to come back to basketball, but I also want to, uh, t- what, cause I, as you mentioned early on, I, you know, I, I know you from basketball and I think most most folks know you from basketball, but you also did track and field and alpine skiing. And so I, I want to spend at least a few minutes talking about how you got into both of those.
1: Yeah, sure, Sean. And, and, you know, that's why I said, as a kid, I played every sport mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, uh, I try to keep my ego out of it, but I, I I was, I was good at all those sports, you know? Uh, and if I saw someone do it, I could emulate and copy it. And, uh, so track I got exposed to in my, or, you know, that was 1976 Paralympics. And so, um, you know, uh, couple years of being involved with track events on uh a regional uh level and then national level i realized that i was pretty pretty fast uh in in particular events or actually most events and uh uh, and then In 76, they were trying to choose athletes that were multi-sport, which is unheard of now. Right. You know, it's just not going to happen at the same time. So I was running from a basketball win in Paralympic competition to the track. (laughs) And uh, I, I did four events in track and won four gold medals. And, you know, certainly... I was invested and I prepared and I trained but let me tell you I didn't know what I was doing i I didn't know uh really what I had done you know yeah okay you know you know five goals I love it you know five events five goals but you know now it 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 really tells me that it, it was pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, but then I didn't really realize it. Uh, and so, but after that, you, you know, I, I got involved with road racing and marathons and 10 Ks. And <laughs> and I love that competition and was decent and, or good, but I didn't like my face in the pavement. You know, for that long, I go, man, uh, I'm going to play tennis or I'm going to play basketball, you know, and uh, I rose in in tennis to. And I'm telling you, because it's informational, I want this to be an example, I don't want it to be like this guy's an egomaniac. But no, I no, became no, no, not
0: at all. Uh, I'm not taking that. I'm not taking it that way at all. It's, it's, yeah. It's, well, it's, I
1: don't yeah. want listeners to either. It's, <laughs> it's, I, I became number three in the world, you know, and number one in doubles with my partner and, uh, but never played Paralympics. And, uh, <clears throat> in my job that I got at Casa Colina, which I was a recreation therapist after I graduated from, uh, uh, Sacramento state, um, um i went to tahoe to to take a group to learn how to ski i didn't know how to ski myself but once i did and then i found out man you you can race and uh you know then that's history you know next thing i know i'm Um, I'm good enough to go to national championships and, and, you know, no wins. I I finished second, uh, but I was still a rookie pretty much and encouraged. uh, But then, you know, uh, I uh, got the opportunity and developed and uh, went to uh, uh, Barcelona. Uh, No, no, no. Yeah, um in 1992 uh, and uh, I was chosen by my coaches to race all four disciplines hmm. you know, Slalom, GS, Super G and Downhill, which was just an honor, you know, because usually Alpiners, they they have specialties and mm-hmm. they don't do all four events but uh, nonetheless, I uh, uh I love snow skiing, uh, and came away with two golds, two silvers, uh, in uh Paralympic competition, and and all of this has lent itself to the now of what's going to happen this weekend, um, over three sports, um, you, you know, uh. But bottom line, Sean, I really believe that's all great, you know, medals, accomplishments. But in the end of the day, uh, what I really appreciate is people have said, yeah, yeah, you you did all that. But what you what you really did was you you had a wheelprint on uh, people's lives. You know, you gave back you you know, in that role as a recreation therapist, you know, I showed people in struggle kind of the way and I didn't offer any. No, I'm not listening to any excuses. Here's my example and here's others. And uh, so, you know, you can choose to be in pity and depression or you can choose to really move forward. And and this is what is. Uh, possible outcome.
0: Um, yeah, and, and and indeed, you've you've led the way, and you've led by example, and that, and that's why I wanted to come back to basketball because um, as well because of of the impact that you're making in basketball, you know, over the more recent years. Um, I wanted to talk about your time at the NWBA, the National Wheelchair Basketball Association, and and also just the, the tournament, uh that you've been, you know, that you've been responsible for and leading, uh, to this day. So, and that's a great way to kind of maybe close our conversation is, is the way that you've been giving back through those, you know, through those different, uh, platforms that i just mentioned. So, you know, I don't know if you want to start with NWBA first. Well, NWBA was
1: everything, you know, that's where, uh, that's where I cut my teeth and that's where I, you could call it, that's where I did my damage. And, uh, me, you know, uh, our club team through Casa Colina was one of the winning, most winning dynasties at the time, uh, with eight national championships and a 98 game win streak, uh, unheard of, uh, and, uh you know but from the very beginning if if i if i saw something that needed to be improved like we were paying our own ways to play on the national team early and my myself and curtis bell one of the best big men ever to play the game we took a stand we said look we're not going unless so if something is done about this situation, you can't keep passing the expense onto the athlete because we're poor living on, you, you know, socially s- security and stuff. And, uh, mm-hmm. I don't mean poor, poor, but you know what I mean? It's, uh, so what that meant was I had to get involved. I couldn't just, I couldn't just complain uh and I've always felt that way and at, so at different junctures I I became the commissioner of uh the NWBA and then I moved into the presidency uh currently I'm the chairman of the Hall of Fame for the NWBA you know uh, service is something i really can hang my hat on that i've uh been able to use and and my platform and and roll up my sleeves to try to really stretch the limits of our sports how we're perceived by the able-bodied population and how we're received like through the USOPC baby. I mean, <laughs> the adding of that P to that acronym is Indeed. everything. This this is the Hall of Halls and forever will Paralympians now be etched into that Para- Olympic and Paralympic Museum mm-hmm. uh in Colorado Springs and um now I know why I did it all. It's to get to right where I'm at now with no intention. I, this was never on my radar, you know, and and I thought after Barcelona that, you know, I'd be held accountable for the rest of my life and never get in, Uh, but I continued, you know, to do, you know, and you talked about the events and stop me anytime you have a question because i'm <laughs> rambling but uh you know dk3 which is a unique version of three on three is going into its 20th year of existence and we've grown to three cities and uh and it, it is so so very attractive and and i do it because it keeps me in the game i I don't hear the crowd that I depended on for so long as as that high level elite athlete but in a sense I do because I feel like these events feel elite to those who play it and they feel like wow you know we love this is what I hear you know and and we don't give out ribbons trophies or plaques we give out prize money Uh, which no athlete is going to take one versus, you know, no one wants a plaque versus a check. Uh, But it's more than that, you know, that they come to to play and to play with Paralympians and or national champions that they never would get the chance to play, play with because I make the teams, they register as individuals. And we keep parity, Sean. Mm -hmm. So every team comes in going, man, maybe I'll get a chance to play with a Matt Scott or a a Becca Murray, you know, uh, and and maybe I have a chance to win. Because in all three-on-three, I don't care, able-bodied, disabled, whatever, when you make your own teams, everybody's going out to get the three biggest, best, baddest players. And you know going in, who's most likely going to win. And I saw that early on and I go, I'm going to try this. And it, and it got traction and here we are today. You know, I'm talking about the 20th annual, you know, that's that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I can't believe it's been 20. I let it know that as the grand finale, because it's all good things got to come to an end. And, and uh, as much as I love it, it, it's time you know so 2023 i'm gonna blow out the biggest affair on the planet Mm -hmm. but for three on three and but it'll be time for me to move into a role as a a olympic grandfather you know uh, where i'm taking my kids fishing on my boat or my grandkids and uh, my wife and I spending more focused time and I'm not distracted. Uh, I hope I can handle that because I've be, become might be used to uh, busy, you know, uh, and and such. But that that's that's the natural progression of things, man. I've got my money's worth out of all these sports and things I've done so.
0: Well, uh DK, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate uh, the time. And just uh again, congratulations on an honor well deserved.
1: Well, I appreciate the opportunity and you're you're doing great work with so many different guests and Paralympians and dealing with uh disability as you are looking for uh examples that uh Uh, may inspire, but that most of all just can be an example to somebody that might be newly injured or struggling, and I commend you for that.